for Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moods. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the warm-up for another week. Matt Wallen and Cam Mooney with you. Plenty coming your way. So much sport on at the moment, and it's great to have the footy in full swing, of course, as we lead into the second half of the season. And how good is the cricket at the moment? During the week, 8pm start, into the cricket, couple of beers, watching the cricket over the weekend, and into the footy as well. So it's fantastic. Moons, welcome to you, mate. How good's it been? Wallow, well, it's been so good I'm exhausted, mate. I've <laughs> hardly been sleeping, trying to stay up for the cricket. Couldn't stay up for the last day, though. No. The rain delay killed me. It killed me too. I was to say, I was away. I was watching it every night um, as I was on holiday during the week. And I thought, this is great. I'll get to sit up here, have a couple of beers, watch the final day's play, just tough it out, see how we go. And uh, I think it started after 11 o'clock or yeah. something. I couldn't get there. I just could win, not get there. What a win. Skipper, amazing. Our batters, the way they performed. Kawaja was fantastic. Talk well about done. England's arrogance. Oh, with a couple of things that they did leading into the to the uh, to the test, and even afterwards too. Um, SEN crickets. Bryce McGain's going to join us a little bit later too. We'll talk about that and the second test coming up on Lords on Wednesday. Yes. So straight back into it. So we're looking forward to that. Hey, um, some good games come up this weekend, but important game on Thursday night for the Cats. Your Cats, you were there. They got the victory over mm. uh, Melbourne in the end. Uh, they played well. Absolutely dominated the last quarter to take out the win. Um, important win because it keeps them in the hunt for the top eight. And they've got a couple of, uh, well, w- very winnable games coming up over the next couple of weeks. Huge win, Matty, let's be honest. Um, and you have a look at who they got over the next couple of Swans weeks. Swans and North. Swans, North, Essendon, Brisbane, Freo, their next five. So yeah. uh, very, obviously very winnable games for all of them. The way they're playing, if they play like that on, they did they did Thursday night. Yeah, um, yeah they desperately needed it. And at home, they've got a really good run at home now. So this is going to be a really important few weeks for when them. If ever, will that stadium be finished, you think? Uh, at end of the year. So it won't be ready for this year. It'll be ready for 2024. It's, uh, it's, it there was a little bit of a problem with the steel coming in, I think. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it should have been finished, but that's okay. Yeah, a few um, seats were sort of in incredible. there. Why have they done the seats randomly like that? Why have they put a few uh, in like Oh, look, I just think they're just starting to, to put them in. and What, just whatever just they ha- feel? Like yeah, it. they just happen to be at that stage at that time. And, <laughs> anyway. But... From a footy club point of view, um, particularly after last week against uh, Port Adelaide, and you, and you just knew they had to win one of these two games to yep. keep in the home. They had to lost both of them. All of a sudden, that season, that finals is looking really, really difficult. And then just confidence too. You go and play North Melbourne, who are going, you know, not great, obviously, but they are okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you win that game. Sydney, in Sydney, is always difficult, but you should win that. And if you win those games, as in leading into yep. those games, you've got the confidence to go and knock them off. You re- you think reasonably comfortably. Well, or at absolutely. least wins anyway. Yeah, you just think the teams around you, particularly with Adelaide now playing uh, Collingwood this weekend, um, you know, you would, you would suspect we're all going to, I think we're all picking Collingwood for that one. You know, it keeps them in the hunt. Yeah, obviously with that win now on Thursday night, and it was just a really big win against a really good team that's in some good form with Melbourne as well. Yeah, um, so yeah, it was a fantastic win. Well done, their young boys stood up. Uh, they were excellent. Gary Rowan, I think someone might said he might be coming out of contract, Gary, because he's just playing like a superstar. Guys. Yeah, all of a sudden he's found a little bit, but there's plenty of talk around the incident with him with Jeremy Cameron, and we wish him the best of luck in the recovery. Unfortunately, he's now getting four weeks. Yes, well that's the thing. So. Um, a bit of chat around over the last couple of days, and uh, I sort of subscribe to this somewhat, that Gary Rowan should be suspended. Well, with the way the AFL have positioned themselves <laughs> over the last couple of months, uh, they've basically said, accidents in our game, too bad. 
Yeah. If you if you accidentally hit somebody in the head, you're getting weeks. Now, if this was a a Melbourne player, Gary yeah, Rowan's getting three to four weeks. Yeah, that's right. Say that's Max Gorn, same incident, same approach on the footy because Simple as Gary that. Rowan's obviously attacking the footy and, and that's the, the circumstances that uh, came about with Jeremy Cameron. But if that's Max Gorn, he's getting three weeks. Now, this is obviously a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, but we're also – it's not so much we're talking about Gary because there's no way he's going to get suspended, um, you'd think, for Absolutely running not. into his own teammate. But – we're talking about the AFL have made a precedent uh, precedency. Yep, yep. And they've said you cannot run in and hurt an opposition player or a player, sorry, yep. a player on the football field, even if it's an accident. Yeah. Accidental acts in football, too bad. Yep. You're getting weeks. If it's high, you're out. You're out. You're done. Yep. So they've, they've really backed themselves into a bit of a corner here, haven't they, with the way that they've... And, yeah, and, I, and I, so. I haven't agreed with it one bit. I think football accidents are just that. You've got to allow players to play the game, and if an accident happens or an incident happens that is accidental, okay, that's footy. That's not, part of our not game. Not so much in this situation, but in previous weeks, we've had players have been suspended who have looked like in the end or last second they've actually protected themselves. Mm. Yes. All of a sudden, we're like, you can't protect yourself. You're just going to have to cop no. the hit. Well, we've always taught back in the day as junior footy that you protect yourself. Um, obviously, that's gone out the window a little bit as well. Hey, one thing I found really strange and in fact, I've noticed um, for quite some time. So Jeremy Cameron was on the ground, left the field after about 10 minutes mm -hmm. on the stretcher, on the motorised yep. um, stretcher. So he gets on the stretcher. They put him on. He's had three or four, five or six um, doctors, trainers, whoever around him, making sure he's okay, doing, going through all the protocols, great. And they do an amazing job. Every club yes. does. But then why does he get put on the stretcher and driven off by some guy who just knows how to drive a buggy without any medical attention? Oh, well, d doesn't he? Sure, he's taken a, a course. Well, I mean, I'm not first aid. But this old, old mate's just been upgraded from security. He's driving the buggy. Well, it's not like there's bumps and humps and speed bumps all over the ground. Someone, it's, a, it's a flat track, mate. Unless, Come on. Unless old mate's driving him straight to the Geelong Hospital. Like, he'd be better well, off the, actually staying well, the ambulance, on the cart. Well, the I ambulance reckon. is in... Obviously, the race. So yeah. he's driving straight to the ambulance, which I believe he jumped straight in there. And but surely they would have someone sitting on the cart with him like in a surely, medical... Surely you don't need a driver's licence to drive a cart from point A to point B off the... Off, no, I, off I know you don't need to be an ambulance ground. driver, but I still think surely he's going to have some medical... I've seen in soccer over the times, they've dropped him off the stretcher, they've fallen off the cart. I just think sometimes we go through all these protocols, but there's 100 metres where old mate's by himself... And he's got no medical Well, he's strapped attention. in. I don't think he's going to start doing donuts and stuff like wow. that and put the handbrake on and try and skid into the... Well, you, you, it's almost like, in his situation, it's like getting an Uber to the hospital. Like, So you're at home and you've got an emergency. Instead of ringing the ambulance, you say, I'll oh, just get an Uber. Some guy's got no medical uh, training at all. He's just going to take him to the hospital. That's the same as old mate driving the medical cart. I just think if you're going to go to the I'm effort, sure he's taken some, let's do it some type of course to make sure he's okay to drive him. From well, I hope so. Uh, let's uh, Best of luck to Jeremy Cameron because, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a nasty incident. Channel 7 did actually delay showing any replays, which I think... Well, they do that all the time. Yeah. Right? With, with bad bad accents, which is fair enough. Often you sort of get a replay and they go, oh, actually, no. Mm. And then they don't play it again. Well, well the leg just ones made are bad. Look, when you see the leg yep. ones, that's when you see them first time yep. and you never see it again. Yeah. It's just, it's crook. It's uh, it's it's no good at all. Hey, um, Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, I want to touch Can't on. Can't wait for this. This is going to be about, would you Greatest fight, would you, would you fight one of them? Would you come Probably back out Zuckerberg, of your retirement? No, because he's jiu-jitsu champion. Yeah. I'm not well, sure what belt he is. 
I'd say it has to be Black Belt. Is he black? Well, it'd have to be, black surely. Belt. Elon Musk wants to fight him, I think, for charity. And I he think wants this to do is a nice little beat match. up and whatever it is. I've got no idea if Musk has any background in uh, some type of um, martial arts or, or whatever it may be. But we know Zuckerberg can go. Yeah. Which you just think he's the dorkiest looking bloke you've ever seen in your life, but obviously has that but he, training. But he's he's just paid some some absolute champion just to personally train him because he's obviously clearly got that much money he can do that. Yeah, he's turned into a, a, a legit a champion. He's absolute beast. So which I can't one, wait for this. Zuckerberg which one do you want to fight? You're, you're going to fight the winner. Who do you want to fight? Oh, hopefully Musk. Musk. I don't think he can go. No, I don't think he, he doesn't look that fit, Musk. I reckon you could might be able to take him. You might be able to go four rounds with Musk. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty coming up on uh, this morning's show. As I said, we're going to catch up with uh, Bryce McGain from SDN Cricket to chat about the first test and the second test coming up at Lords starting on Wednesday night. Plus, we've got Moons' six-pack coming up very soon. Best Aussie test captains Classic. of all time. All thanks to Furphy at Little Creatures Village Geelong. Order up, grab a pizza or any schooner every Wednesday and Thursday at Little Creatures Geelong for just $25. Visit littlecreatures.com.au. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village Geelong, you're listening to The Warmer with Warlow and Moons. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. This is the warm up with Warlow and Moods. Yeah, all thanks to Furphy at Little Creatures, Geelong. This is the warm up this morning. Bryce McGain to join us from SEN Cricket a little bit later on to talk about the first and the second test coming up at Lords. Uh, on Wednesday. Looking forward to that. Oz, the Aussies 1-0 up in the series. Fantastic effort. We'll go through some footy uh, in just a moment. Uh, Moons, we're going to get your six-pack, but the cricket has been amazing. Yes. Um, we've still got four more tests. We've had two, of course, with the World Test Championships a couple of weeks ago, which you said was going to be a dog's breakfast. Mm. I actually agreed with you, and but it ended and up being great. It became amazing. <laughs> yes. We didn't like it. Now we love it. Well, there's um, so much we didn't like. We just didn't hear about we it. We didn't, yeah. It was a bit of a you know, one-off game. It felt a bit like an exhibition yeah. more than a than a, um, it turned a into a cracker, and we're all happy. Yeah, we're very happy indeed. And it's great to see, obviously, the Aussies winning the first game at Edgebaston. Um, it's, I guess, one of those grounds we haven't had a great record in. The Poms went hard at us. They declared on the first day, but in the end, Pat Cummings with an amazing knock of 44 not out. 55-run partnership with, uh, uh, with Nathan Lyon. It was just an amazing effort. So on the back of that, we thought with your six-pack this week, we'd have a look at the best test captains of all time. Moons' six-pack for little creatures. All creatures welcome. All creatures welcome. Yes, it's time to take a look at the six-pack. All thanks to little creatures. Top Six Aussie Test captains. I was going to say of all time, but it actually of. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to look at it in in probably my time. Yep. So we're talking about mid eighties. So mid eighties, I was about seven or eight. So Alan Board onwards. Yeah, basically because yep. I didn't didn't know anyone. I could talk about Chapelli and all of those guys, yeah. Bradman, but Bill Laurie, you know, <laughs> well before our time. All of those guys. But yep. I'm going to talk about the people in my time. Ha- and when you look through it, there hasn't actually been that many captains. No, of course, we've had such success and such yes. amazing teams over the last probably, well, since Border, really, really since, since Border he turned it over. around. Uh, we've had great teams since then, and, and yeah, we've hardly had any changes in captaincy over those that time. So uh, the list here, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nice list. But right, uh, Steve, Steve Smith misses out, unfortunately. Wow, okay. Well, the Sandpaper Gate probably didn't. Right. 
Probably didn't go his way. Yep. So can we just take a breather for a second? How are we going to judge this? So this is captaincy and performance or just as captain? Or captain, good bloke. Okay, everything. Bloke I'd like to have a beer with. Okay. All of those yeah. type of <laughs> okay. things. All right, let's bloke, I'd, bloke I'd literally get, want to go in the trenches for. Perfect. All right, All who we got at number six? Uh, number six. So again, because the list is short, this guy is not one of my favourites, but because we don't have a big list, I've got to put him in. Yeah, okay. Michael Clark. Number six. Number six at Clarkie. Great, great cricketer. When you think of Michael great Clark, cricketer. what do you think of? All I remember is when he, he actually, from his bowling, when he took those wickets mm. against India in that series. Oh, you know, he's, he's 10,000 runs. He, yep. He's a superstar. Yeah. But not so always love I'd want to have a beer with oh, In fact, I was um, in Noosa during the week, and I was at the spot exactly... Where yeah, him on. and Carl Stevanovic <laughs> were having a bit of an issue. Not between it. the two of them, but uh, yeah. The, yeah. Anyway. Now, so that was number six. Number five, now only a short-lived one. And again, at the end of his tender, tender wasn't uh, wasn't great. But Tim Payne. At he, five. Uh, but he came in when after Sandpaper Gate. Yep. When we were at our lowest. We were gone. We were cooked. Everybody hated the Australian cricket team. He's not the greatest cricketer. He's not the greatest wicketkeeper. No. But he was a great captain for our team at that time that brought us out of the doldrums oh. and got us back on track. I don't know about that one. Got yeah, us okay. back on track, he Timmy. He might have, but yeah. Uh, number four, and that. again, one of the great cricketers of all time, but is he someone I want to have a beer with? Probably not Steve War. <laughs> oh. Steve War uh, had probably the best. Had the greatest team of all time at his easily, disposal. I yep. I reckon you would have captained that one all right. Oh, I reckon anyone could Warning, have captained that. you're up. Yep. Pidge, you're up. <laughs> Punter, I need some runs. Yeah, you've got, go. you've got the likes of um, Brett Lee, Jason Gillespie, Glenn McGrath bowling from one end and warning up the other, rotating yeah. through. Um, we had, and you had yeah. a batting lineup that will never be seen again. Yeah, Damian Martin at six. Oh, you've incredible. had the War Brothers in there at both stages. You've had Ponting, Langer, Hayden, Gilchrist um, at seven. Oh, what God. a side. It was ridiculous. Yep. Uh, number three, uh, Punna, great Ricky Ponting. Number three. Love Ricky. Well, because we're also looking at... Um, Tactics as well. Okay. So Pana, and again, Pana just had this amazing team. Yep. He was incredible at number three. I think he should be he, one. He's the greatest, probably second greatest batter that we've ever had. We know that. At number two, a great Wagga boy, Mark Taylor. Tubby. Tactically fantastic. And even the great Shane Warner said this man was the greatest captain. What do under. you sort of remember Tubby for. I remember he made that 334 declaring in Pakistan, in Pakistan. the same score as Don Bradman. I remember him fielding in the slips like no other. And Actually, that great slip catch he kicked, he kicked, it, it, he kicked up. it up to himself. What a catch. So my man Mark Taylor at number two. And of course, the man who really saved Australian cricket through the 80s and turned it around to being the absolute dominant force that it is, is the great Alan Border. And his doco that was on Fox Footy, uh, Fox Footy, on Foxtel, Fox was, Cricket, yep. It was absolutely incredible. I reckon if you look back, and he's probably a little bit before my time in terms of really watching the cricket properly, is that you sort of look back and go, that conversation he had with Craig McDermott um, or argument on yeah, the ground, on the said you can go home if yeah, you're going to carry on like I'll that. fly home. <laughs> it probably turned us around a little bit. All of a yeah. sudden we had this bit of mongrel and we took on the Well, it was the uh, no, no drinks with the opposition and yep. stuff like that. And yes, he became Captain Grumpy, but he turned the culture of our cricket nation around on his shoulders. Yeah, won the Ashes in 89 and we never really looked back from there on. There is Moons of Six Pack for Little Creatures. 
Best Aussie Test captains of all time, Alan Border at number one. Uh, Timmy I would have Payne. Timmy Payne. Timmy Payne at five. All right, turned it. it around. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, let's have a look. We got Bryce McGain coming out. We'll talk more cricket very soon. But let's have a look at the f- matches still to come this weekend in the AFL. Sydney West Coast is a bit of a stinker this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, the Swans, well, they've just had such a disappointing season today. They've got a couple of uh, players back in. Uh, with Heaney and also McDonald's and Mills back in the side. But it really is one of those games that they win. I guess they're still mathematically in the race for the top eight, but it's, uh, yeah, it's look, probably They're unlikely. not going to be playing finals this year, but they'll get a nice win, hopefully, against West Coast at home, give the supporters something, because it has been a disappointing year, particularly with the injuries. Yep. Uh, Fremantle-Essen, I think, is an interesting game, that one. I love this tonight. game. I think the Bombers, who have got a couple of very handy ins in Cali and Parish. Uh, this is a bit of a statement game. Like I've been big on the Dockers. I think everyone has in the last probably, well, not the last couple of weeks, but previous to that, the last six weeks. But they've sort of fallen away. Now, Darcy and Frederick come back into the side. I think and Draper going out as well. Draper out for the Bombers is going to make it tough. But this is one of those games that Essendon win this game. They've got a tough run coming up, but it just sort of gives them a bit of spring and a bit of confidence leading into the second half of the season. Look, one of these surprise packets of the year, Essendon, we got to love what they've been doing. Um, now, Fremantle, for me, I've said this a couple of times, I had them as a sneaky top four at the start of the year. So I've been disappointed. And the last two weeks in particular, when I've really backed them, they've let me down. So yep. over there, I would have thought Fremantle, but I'm actually picking Essendon on this one. I think Essendon's form, the way Fremantle's playing. But Darcy coming back in, it's almost swaying my pick, but at the moment, I'm still going to stick with it. Well, Darcy side. coming in is massive, as we know. Darcy's for the their Dockers. most important player. But then, as you said, Draper out the other way, yeah. it just even amplifies that even yes, more. It does. Um, they get a good crowd of the Bombers in WA, so it should be a good game and a good crowd there uh, tonight at uh, Optus Bell Stadium. Up. I'm going to take. I think the Bombers will get it done. I reckon Essendon just... It'd be, it'd be a really good well, game, this, actually. this really sets up the uh, second half of their season, if they yeah. win. They've got a tough three or four weeks coming up, though, don't they? They've got um, some teams within the sort of top eight, but then they finish off with a really good... Well, you uh, think over the next really few weeks, obviously Fremantle, and then they've got Port Adelaide, Adelaide, Geelong, Bulldogs. So yeah. top, got Sydney, top eight teams. They've got a good run at the end. Sydney, West Coast, North Melbourne, Giants away, and then they finish with the Pies. So, um, look, they've got a good draw, but it is tough over the next sort of three or four weeks. So it'll be interesting Big to see. Big test. If they can get there, the Bombers. Um, what do you think about, actually, just a quick one, getting rid of the the Bomber off the, the logo? There's a bit of chat this week. Um, bit of a silly one. I, I don't understand why. Yeah, I, don't, I actually don't understand <laughs> what logo they're going to go with. Yeah. Like, if people out there who don't like the and that's fine. If you don't like the Bomber, it's whatever. But what are you going to go with when your nickname is the Bomber? Well, they'd have to change their name from the Bombers. They'd have to. You can't. There'd be no point changing... One of the oldest clubs in the... <laughs> there is no point changing the, the plane or the bomber and then keeping the bombers. Yes. Like, it doesn't make any no. sense. You can't no, have I'm a mosquito as your, um, as your logo. Okay. All right, let's have a look. Collingwood, Adelaide, interesting, interesting game for the Pies. They've got a few ins. Elliot Kinnaman, Howe back as well after 10 weeks or so with that broken arm. And uh, so that's a big in for the Pies. Interesting to see, sort to of see how, how it goes. How do players now come back after such a long time out of the game? Because most, your top-end talent, doesn't come back through the reserves. No. Well, you think about the training that you do now. So when you train during the week, you're almost doing – you're virtually playing games during the week. Now, obviously, you, you bring it down a little bit as far as how hard you go. But you're doing match play, match simulation all week. Yep. So he'd be, he would have done a power of running. That's the problem when you break a hand or an arm or a wrist. <laughs> you can still use your legs. Yeah, you can't So his running up. would have been uh, – he would have done that many Ks. His fitness levels would be fantastic. Now, his footy fitness won't be, but – that's okay. He's a he's a he's an extremely experienced player, one of their great players. 
you bring him back in and he just slots back into that side and just does what he needs to do over the next week or two until he gets his match fitness. It'll be interesting to see how he goes, uh, obviously with the arm injury, if he wears a sleeve or he's got some sort of bandage or something around it, compression bandage. But... The big know, one does, if, does he fly? Does he keep flying? Well, that's the thing, because that's how he did it. Yes. Because that's what he's known for. That's what he does well. But he did get injured off the back against Geelong. And that pain Geelong. that went through his arm, through his body, you could see how much that hurt. He jumped straight onto the, um, what do they call them, the whistles? Oh, yeah, the little stick. So little he jumped straight on the whistle. Now, does that, yeah, does that stop him from jumping the way that he's always jumped? You know what? I think I'd hope if, not. I, th- I don't reckon it will. I think if it was a leg injury and he did the same thing, maybe. Like if he came down and broke his leg. But I think with the arm, you're sort of not leaping with your arm. I don't know. Like I th- yeah, hopefully the landing's a landing. Yeah, true. Uh, the Crows, well, they've sort of been up and down. But uh, you think the Pies will get the job done. That's pies for me, but I love 10. what Adelaide have done this year and what, yep. they're con- what they'll continue to do. I hope they play finals, Adelaide. And the last game of the weekend is the it's a ripper. It's a Gold Coast Bracco and Hawthorne four thirty four forty twilight. Gold Coast for me. Um, Sicily out for the Hawks. Look, I, I was disappointed with what they did last week. Gold Coast. I, I actually picked them. I thought they're on a bit of a roll. Um, yeah, it was against against Carlton. I thought they just might have been one of the great stories of the year. Gold Coast beating Carlton at the yeah. MCG, and all of a sudden we would have seen Carlton implode. But they were disappointing last week, Gold Coast, so I'm expecting them to jump back. They should bounce back at home, but tough um, ask. Um, well, say tough ask. They should be winning these games at home, but, but they were disappointed Hawthorne last are, week. Hawthorne have been a very good side. Yeah, lately. Sicily out, though, does make a it huge does. difference. So uh, interesting to see how the Gold Coast go on Sunday afternoon. So there you go. Big weekend of footy coming your way. All thanks to Little Creatures. Plenty to come on the show. We've got our uh, marketplace on the way and also going to check in with Bryce McGain and talk about some test cricket up next. This is the warm-up. All thanks to the little creatures at Furphy's Little Creatures at Geelong. Order up, grab a pizza and any schooner every Wednesday and Thursday at Little Creatures Geelong for just $25 or visit littlecreatures.com.au. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong, you're listening to The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moods. at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moods. Still got our marketplace on the way this morning on the warm-up, all thanks to Little Creatures, Geelong. Well, it was an amazing display in the first test. Australia getting the chocolates over England in the first Ashes test uh, during the week. Uh, Some of us could stay up, some couldn't make it. One man who's been doing plenty of hours... Uh, and part of SEN Cricket as well over the summer here in Australia is Bryce McGain. Bryce, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, you've had a bit of a sleep in over the last couple of days, just resting up for, for, for round two. Yeah, can't believe it. We've made it to the weekend, boys. And, uh, yeah, I'm in a completely different time zone. And apologies to anyone who um, tries to get in touch with me during the day. I'm bleary-eyed. I'm, I'm making all sorts of errors. But anyway, we've got through, and uh, what an exciting week. Absolutely outstanding by the Australians to get over the line in the end. It was, and I, I guess the the game seemed to move fast. And we'll touch, I guess, a bit on Bazball in just a moment, which has been spoken about at length. But the game did move, and I guess when, when we play Test Series in England, I know it's at that time zone, but it always feels like something's going to happen. So you stay pretty glued to the TV. Well, that was the thing, and that, that's why I was so excited about this series, as, along with you know millions of other people who love cricket, Test Cricket. The fact that England are playing a completely different brand was uh, it, it was just really exciting to see how it matches up with Australia and what Australia, how are they going to cope with it 
and you know how how is England baseball going to going to survive? So that that was the riveting part of it because every moment there was something going to happen. Let alone Joe Root trying to reverse ramp first ball of the, yeah, a morning, incredible. like extraordinary stuff. So you didn't want to miss a ball. That was the thing. And uh, even though there were many guys getting late towards the tea break, and they go, oh, can I last another 20 minutes before the action comes on? It was was lots of those sort of decisions in the wee hours in the morning through the last five days. But look, um, it it it, it stacked up everything. It was going to be box office, and it absolutely is. And uh, the, the exciting finish, but all the twists and turns throughout the game and all the exciting moments, um, you know, it just it just sets up for this most incredible Ashes series. Four tests to go, packed into five weeks. Um, we head to Lords on Wednesday, but uh, we need to bank our sleep before then. Bryce, let's talk about the pitch and talk about with what England went with there. Um, obviously, over the last couple of uh, Ashes tours, Jimmy Anderson's swing bowling has completely destroyed us, and it's their number one. He's their number one bowler. When he swings it, we we really struggle. Now they've they've doctored the pitch to to go with this Baz ball to get runs. Um, did they make a mistake there, and have they made a mistake with Jimmy Anderson? It's a really good point, Moons, because the the, the fact is he is the most lethal swing moving bowler yes. that's probably ever been, and Australia have really struggled when he's moving the ball. It's not lightning pace, but it doesn't need to be. And he challenges, swings the ball both ways, can seam it another way, swing it in, seam it away. Um, you know, it's nearly impossible to play. And Australia at times struggled against it. But if the pitch is playing against him, and it really was, it was dry and it was low and it was slow. And uh, it really plays against him. So that they, they then had to um, play out some other tactics, bowling short to the Australian tail. Yes, it worked in the first innings, of course, um, and, and wrapped things up pretty quickly. But um, you can see that it takes its toll on the bowlers. And when... the push came to shove at the end of the test match they were all pretty cooked and mm-hmm. it allowed the, the tail enders for Australia to get out there which sort of leads me, the, the pitch had a big part to play Moon but it leads me to the fact that um, even Ollie Robinson who's writing now for Wisdom would you believe on the back <laughs> of the spray of Uzma Kawaja, can you believe Seriously. that? He's writing articles on test match cricket spare me but anyway he's doing that and uh, so he's written in his first article, we can't believe that Australia didn't fight back about it but no, no, he's not getting how this game gets played because it's a test match mm. and it's a test series. Australia are just grinding out these bowlers. If they want to bowl short to the tail and the tail can hang on for a while, every one over is like bowling three overs if you're trying to bowl bumpers. So they will get cooked and it happened at the end. They were just utterly exhausted and the Australian tail were able to get the job done. So there's an insight to test cricket for Ollie Robinson who's staggered oh, uh, that Australia are... Uh, playing the game the way they are. He's made, uh, he's made three pretty interesting comments over the last week. Obviously, the first one was sending off Kawaja when he was 140-odd and obviously got the wicket. The second one, of course, um, with him sort of having having a crack at with the Rick, Aussies. With Ricky. With Ricky Ponting. And then recently, as you've just mentioned as well, saying that the only reason Australia won is that England kept them in the game because of how fast they were playing. So, ludicrous decision. Moeng Ali, as I said, um, he was out with that finger injury, didn't bowl a lot of overs in the fourth innings. Joe Root came on. When we lost Alex Carey, though, caught and bowled, how were you feeling at that stage? Because, you know, eight down with still, you know, 50-odd runs to get, it, it was looking a little bit bleak. Yeah, half a dozen text messages came through those wee hours saying, I'm done, we're done, good night, boys. And uh, uh, so I'm glad I stayed the course because it was such an epic finish. But look, it, it had those twists and turns and, 
Look, England had their opportunity to win the game. Um, Stokes dropped a tough catch of Lyon on a pull shot that just ballooned up. Stokes gen- generally takes those screamers. And um, Joe Root also dropped another one before he hung on to that one from Carey. Um, so, look, they had their chances. And uh, so it could have been a different result. We could be, um, you know, talking about it in a very different way. Uh, so it was it was such a knife edge all the way through. Um, look, I, it, it's... It, it's yeah, such a tight contest. Um, we need to see more of it, I think, about how they match up. The fact that um, they kept us in the game, well, that, that's the way they want to play. That's mm. fine. But that's what it does. If you're going to play that way, if you're going to bat only 60 overs in your second innings, one, the first thing is, okay, you get your runs quick. That's fantastic. They've got 280 and 60 overs or thereabouts. I'm rounding things around here, but l- let's say it's that. And um, one thing you're going to do is... Uh, take high risk. Your batters might get 40 and go out like Joe Root. Ricky Ponting pointed that out during the week. Clip yeah. KP and I've said, got that yeah, coming got up in my buying this week. I thought it was one of the great clips. It was fantastic. <laughs> he just said, yeah, he got 40. He's out. Yeah, he's Who out. Cares? Let's, let's like, move on. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And, yeah. and then the other part is you don't rest your bowlers. Your bowlers are just sitting down. As soon as they sit down, they have, a, have an ice bath. They put their feet up, put the cup of tea down. Oh, we've got to go and bowl again. Are you kidding? They're not even getting two mm. sessions break. So it cooks them, and you can't keep it up. And I'm not sure they're actually aware of that. I think Brendan McCullum's doing a wonderful job in guiding this team, and Ollie shares a lot what he says in this article. It's worth having a look at on Wisdom. But he's got them absolutely convinced, and I'm not going to use the word brainwashed, but he's got them absolutely convinced this is the way forward. But in test cricket, it's incredibly taxing. If you go to the last hour of the last day, your whole bowling attack is absolutely cooked. We've got bust, you know, busted up fingers. We've got tired, fast bowlers, and they they just didn't have the penetration to get the job done in the end. It's going to hurt them all the way through the series if they're not giving their bowlers a solid rest by batting so aggressively. Bryce, I want you to put your selectors hat on, mate. Next test, Boland or Stark? It's a big call. It is a tough one, isn't it? Um, uh, Does we fall off Boland quick, though, don't we? He has one bad game. He's got a bit of... Bit it wasn't of, a bad game. Well, it wasn't a bad just... game, but he went for it runs. Yeah. He's run, he's, but we know Stark does as but well. But we sort of, yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I guess... We'll let you answer this one, Bruce. <laughs> no, no, all the good. Oh, no, let's open it up. Let's <laughs> open it up to the table, boys. We're, we're all good for that the Saturday morning. But, uh, look, I think we, we probably lack the firepower. Scott Boland's skill is that he hits he, he lands it on a handkerchief all the time he can hit that spot but that then became a little predictable for the english batsman who took that on but towards the back end he was adapting a lot better so he was bowling more short balls he was mixing it up so they couldn't just come down the wicket and hit that perfect length that he bowled so he adapted really well i think he's still really valuable because he, he he's the barrel he can keep bowling he can bowl 25 overs at the same pace hit the same spot Oh, you want me to bowl Yorkers now? Oh, I got that. And he, he can execute like no baller in Australia. And he still moves ball. So he's a hard one to move out. Hazel was terrific as well. So trying to fit Stark in there um, mm. could be a challenge. It comes down to the bits that we don't know is how they're feeling physically. Um, you know, so, uh, Hazelwood coming back after a long time off, um, he might be the one who's probably the sorest out of the lot. I bet Pat Cummins is a bit stiff and sore too, just quietly. But yeah. he's not missing out. We've, we've put him out in the chair if we have to. He's not yes, going to. He's not missing out on any part of the game. He's a genius. So, so look, there's a bit to go. Through. They've got a few days. They've got a weekend. They'll rest and recuperate, and they'll just see who's fresh. 
and where the change needs to come. But I don't think it's as straightforward as whether it's Stark or Bowen. Yeah. It's interesting because if they have a pitch at Lords that suits Jimmy Anderson a bit more, then it will obviously suit Scott Bowen a bit more as well. So it's a bit of a, you know, do they try and get Jimmy back into the game, which helps our bowlers, or do they stick with the method that they've gone through in the first test and have a road at Lords? Just quickly before we let you go, Lords, um, for people who don't know, it's on that bit of a slope. Will that help our bowlers somewhat? It'll add something a bit different. Yeah, the, the guys who have played there have said how unique it is. Um, for the, particularly the seam bowlers, you can really start angling in it and then get it moving away down the hill. And for the batters, some some, some of the batsmen, and I remember um, in my time back, back some time ago, Ricky Ponting saying it's a really weird experience because you're actually um, batting and your toes are pointing below your heels or yes. at the other end, your toes are above your heels. So things like that are just a bit unique uh, to, to how it is. You adapt and adjust accordingly. But... I reckon your point in terms, if they leave a bit of juice in there, what Australia will do, they'll pick the right team. And that's the really cool thing of what they do. They pick what they need right now. And in India, that was two rookie spinners that could do that job, and they were fantastic. That's um, Murphy and Kuhneman, and they went and did that. So I've got enormous confidence in Andrew McDonald as coach, but also supported with the selectors who go, well, what do we need for this surface? And they're so astute at it. If they do that, it plays into our hands as well. We've got some of the best seam bowlers around, but it does make it a bit tougher for our batters if um, they do leave a bit more juice in it for Jimmy. Well, rest up, mate. We've got Wednesday night to get through, so we'll get a few hours, uh, Kip, if we can, in between and get ready for what's going to be an incredible second test at Lords coming out Wednesday at 8pm. Thanks for joining us. Have a good weekend and uh, good luck with uh, your, your big nights coming up. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, great to catch up with you this morning. And... Uh, have a ripple weekend, everyone. SEN Cricket's Bryce McGain joining us on the warm-up this morning. As I said, we're looking forward to the second test Wednesday night at Lords. Coming up, though, we've got our marketplace and some local footy up next. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong, you're listening to The Warm-Up with Warlow and Moods. Local footy wrap for Times Footy, your home ground for local footy. Visit timesfooty.com.au. Yes, local footy wrap for Times Footy, your home ground for local footy. Visit timesfooty.com.au. And from the Geelong Times, Vinny Van Allshot joins us. Good morning to you, Vinny. How are you doing? Yeah, doing well, thanks, Matt. How are you? I'm well. Well, good to be back in the chair this week and looking at some big games in local footy. Let's start, mate, with the GFL. Joey's taking on Colac. Uh, looks like the match of the round. Yeah, the second half of the football season is well and truly underway. Uh, round 10 commencing in the GFL. Four straight wins for the Tigers. Uh, that clashes with the top team in the competition. And uh, with the top four all within a win of one another, things are starting to tighten up. Uh, but if it was playing in, if it was being played in Colac, I'd back the Tigers on this one. But I reckon Joey should have the upper hand on Drew Ogle. Yeah, they're uh, definitely on uh, some good form at the moment. How do we see the rest of uh, this weekend in the GFL? Well, St. Mary's and South Island will also be a good contest. A win for Mark Neal's side could reinsert the team into the top three conversation, but St. Mary's would be expected to come off better in this one. Bell Park will look to bounce back against Grovesdale this week. Geelong West can reignite a potential finals push with a win over North Shore. Newtown and Chilwell are heavy favourites to topple Lara in this week's clash against at Eldersley Reserve, and Leopold are expected to do the same against a winless St. Albans. Uh, very good. Let's have a look at the BFL this weekend. Model Worry need to keep winning to try and get into that top five. They take on Barwon Heads. Exactly. But uh, it's not necessarily about the result, necessarily. 
uh, a club legend will be the centre of attention attention down there at Mount Moriac. Uh, Josh Finch playing his 300th game. One of the most decorated players in BFL history. Four-time Les Ash medal recipient. 2018 Premiership player. It'll be a huge day for the club purely from that aspect. Bowen Heads will look for the celebrations, though. Uh, they've only lost one contest this year. Many would think that they'd be the heavy favourites in that one. But you never know. It's a special day for the club, uh, and the home side might just rise up to the occasion. The rest of Ballerine Footy League this weekend, what have we got? Well, the age-old rivalry between Torquay and Anglesey resumes this week when those two sides meet at Spring Creek Reserve. Uh, leading goal kicker for Anglesey, Dylan Pettingill and Josh Jaska are key outs for the Roos, meaning the undefeated Torquay outfit should be more than likely to win that one. Drysdale and Queenscliff is on the cards as well. The Hawks just keep rolling. I'm tipping the Hawks to win four straight on the, in that one. Geelong Amateur could re-enter the top five with a win over Newcomb. And uh, Port Arlington still searching for that elusive win, but they'll need to do it in Ocean Grove this week if they can pull it out. All right, let's take a look at the Geelong District Footy League. Thompson taking on Bannockburn. Last week, Bannockburn just getting over the Blues, but this looks like a good game. Yeah, headlining this week's Round 10 action in the JDFL. Uh, Bannockburn, with the help of some of their young guys, have snuck right into that top three conversation. Just a win off of top spot at the moment, but they'll need to conquer the best the JDFL has to offer this week uh, in Thompson. It'll be a terrific chance, though, for the Tigers to put some distance between themselves and the rest of the pack if they can win later today. So Inverlee, who has struggled to beat top five opponents this season, will get another chance to remedy that against East Geelong. Geelong West, though, is most likely still going to feel the, the upset loss from last week against Werribee Centrals, uh, but they'll look to, I guess, go one step further today against Belmont. North Geelong and Winchester meet at Osborne Park. Uh, the Blues keen to square up its season at five wins and five losses. Belfast Hill head to Corio with the Devils riding the high of last week's win over Belmont, but the Panthers are just too strong at the moment, so I'm going to give it to them in that one. And lastly, Werribee Central could crack the top three if they can win against Anglesey, who are coming off of their first win in almost four years last week. So anything could happen in that one to wrap up round 10. Yeah, Werribee Central's an anarchy rounding out the round. And you can get all the details, get the latest local footy teams and results online. Receive them in your inbox for free every Friday and Monday morning. Visit timesfooty.com.au. Vinny, thanks for that, mate. Have a good weekend. No worries, Matt. Have a good one. So I'm now on the warm-up this morning for our marketplace, what we're buying and selling in the world of sport. Uh, Moons, you want to start first? What are you What are you selling this week, mate? What do you What do you got for us? Well, on the back of talking with Bryce, um, I'm going to sell England. Okay, the whole country. And oh, their yeah, arrogance. Arrogance, yep. Um, they've, they took away their greatest asset, Jimmy Anderson, who absolutely destroyed us for the last couple of Ashes yeah. uh, series. Cannot Over play. there, he swings it. We can't play swing bowling. We just can't. It's a known fact. We're hopeless at it. Yeah. And they've taken away their greatest swing bowler of all time. Yeah, it's I just funny that Jimmy really this actually come out and said, and guys, so help me should. out here. You know, you they've know. gone, they've taken away swing for the tonk and bit him in the backside. Yep. All right. What are you uh, selling, my friend? Well, I'm going to sell Canadian Park this week. What? Um, well, I love Canadian Park. I love that Geelong have got a unique venue. But until that stands built, I don't think you can have games against Melbourne and Eston there. I think we need to sell those games to the MCG or even Marvel if they want to play the odd game there. But I just feel like Thursday night's game, when the camera's on that side of the field and you're getting a lot of side of the field with no 
crowd. Yeah. It's not. No, I understand that, but Geelong people will tell you to go get stuff. I know they will, and that's fair enough too. And if I was Geelong support, I'd be like, get stuff. We're having our games here, and we're winning games of footy. That's all that matters. What are you buying, buddy? I'm buying Ricky Ponting because I think he's a superstar. And this comment for me is the comment of the year. What, what uh, brilliant this morning was uh, Joe Root and how he just owned the game. He ran the game, he was pure quality, and he just owned that space. And just had it, all, all of this lot, we're just scratching their heads, going, what do we do? Well, sort well of. he's out now, he got 40. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's move on. That's right. KK, well, I don't understand what KP was doing. Well, I don't even know who he's representing, and he's saying you lot. Like, he, he grew up in South Africa, mate. <laughs> Give us a spell. Like, you don't even, like, you've played for England, yes, and he was a quality batsman, but he's just making no sense. You can't say someone's controlled a game getting 40. <laughs> he got out for 40. Nice sleds there. Yeah, Ricky. I reckon no good. Ricky Ponting, what a superstar. What are you buying this uh, week? I went to Spud's Lunch last week, and a mate of mine, Justin Kozinski, got up because he. And spoke in front of the group, in front of the whole uh, place, yep. for the first time about his uh, mental health. And Hamish McLaughlin um, emceed it, and it was the most incredible 20 minutes I've sat in. This yeah, man well. just opened up and just, just spoke about his demons, his battles, and I was sitting there and I just, I just couldn't believe how amazing... Cause he was to get up in front of this room and just talk about what's been going on in his life. And, and was was a bit of that to do with the the concussions that he had in well, footy? The concussions. He had well a couple of really bad knocks. How he spoke about you know he's, he was driving around and you know he had his best mates calling him and he just wouldn't answer the phone and all of those type of things and it was just an, an amazing message. Uh, obviously in a room for, for Spud's lunch. And Cozzy, I tip my hat to you, mate. You're an absolute superstar. Well done, Cozzy. That is our marketplace for this week. Moons, where are you over the weekend? You got a bit of a spell. Or you work a bit of last a spell. Night. Just a couple of the shows. Um, it's bounce on Sunday night. So if you want to have a laugh, jump on bounce Sunday night and listen to Gazy carry on. It is very good. Doing a great job. But this is the warm up. Enjoy your Saturday. All thanks to little creatures. And Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. Order up, grab a pizza, or head to the website, littlecreatures.com.au. We'll catch you next week.